Because fuck doing things right, I'm doing it all with my cell phone. Hee 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 hee. September 29, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 64. And horning in on Miss Ohio, I'm Abel Kirby. And searching high and low for my furry friend, I'm Cold Acid. Special guest this week, we've got Icehawk. Icehawk, yes, uh, yes, we do. Go, go ahead and introduce yourself. So, leaving neutrons wherever I go, I'm Icehawk. Aha. Uh-huh. Nice. Those He's neutrons. got the style down pat. You know, neutrons are overrated. I, I you gotta shed them all the time. <laughs> oh man! So we got uh, Isaac is out of the plant. This fantastic return uh, since I think you were on earlier this year, actually, in our February episode. We were talking March. about was it March? It was, it was March. March. It was the anniversary of the Fukushima disaster. Yes, that was it. Yeah, that was a good March time. March eleventh. March eleventh. So an alum the to the show. The episode itself was the day before March tenth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, it was such a good time then, we uh, we decided to have it back on, and uh, welcome! Welcome to the Rare Encounter show again, Isaac. You're the second time around. Thank you, thank you. Uh, on this show, we've got all kinds of stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, I had some business starting the show. Uh, uh, I, I hit stream on the streaming machine, which is my butt. I use a program called Butt to Stream. And then when I go on the No Agenda stream, I double butt, which means you run two, <laughs> two of them next to each other. But uh, I hit stream, and then I got a phone call immediately, so I had to go and take care of some stuff. But uh, it was a nice recruiter kind of call, so uh, good news for me. I'm feeling good. I'm in a great mood. I got my coffee, and that's what I'm drinking tonight is my uh, choke-on-the-nuts coffee, as I call it. Lewd. Yeah. Me, I've got, I've got my cider. i got a palmy cider here. Nice green can. A green can, and he's going to drink from it. I've had it before. It's okay. <laughs> and Isaac, what do you have? Uh, what'd you bring to us this evening? Did you bring anything? Water? Nothing? It don't matter. A bottle of wine, actually. Hey! Did you drink it from a the bottle? Whole bottle. Did you drink it from the bottle? No, but I do have these gigantic <laughs> Costco wine glasses, so it's almost the same thing. <laughs> if what you gotta now, do if is... only up here we could get that giant box of Costco wine. That or uh, if you get the big gallon jugs, they come in the big glass gallon jugs. That's what the true winos want. Either way, the Dvorak special, right? Yeah. Then you can walk know, around with the bottle over your shoulder. Out of Loblaws. Yesterday when I went shopping, I saw a woman walking out of Loblaws, and all she had was two boxes of wine, <laughs> one in each hand. All she went shopping for. Oh, my God. Are you sure you're not living here in Oshawa? Felt like it. Well, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, what's, yeah. we, what's, we, what's the status up there we, in Karnadar? Hold on. Before we get into actual content... We do have a donation, and therefore an executive producer for tonight's show. What? Good job. What do yeah. we got? Yeah. Rolling in again this week is Custom Hollow Book Company. Custom this Hol- time dropping us 333 plus 111 for a total of 444. Cool. And is it yeah. still credit to Custom Hollow Book? Is it customfreehollowbooks.com or customhollowbooks.com? Uh, I don't know. I'll... I'll Still no name. I'll figure... I'll, yeah. I, I, we've got the name. We'll put in the link. We'll figure that out. No problem. Oh, cool. Thanks. It's great to have, uh, apparently, our new sponsor. is a hall... Now, the hall... Yeah. your sponsors. Now, do, do we want to uh, explain for a second what these hollow books are? Well... Someone took the pages sure. out and put it's, in the uh, It's a book, and when you open it up, there's pages around the edges, but in the middle, there's a gun. 
guns. <laughs> or there's a cavity for I a gun. I was almost right. The, uh, now, if this is the guy you think it is, and because we have no confirmation if this is the same person uh, that, I, that I remember before, uh, what I think they have is this cool process where they actually glue the pages together. Uh, so somehow they have a process where they can kind of immerse them and so they kind of stick to each other. And, you know, there's usual ways that you get pages to stick to each other. They don't do that. They actually put it in glue and uh, then they have a CNC machine that can route out once it's hardened up. They can route out the uh, the shape of whatever you want to hide inside a book. And they had a whole bunch of, uh, like, the idea is you have a book that has something hidden inside it. And what you want is the most boring book possible, the kind that no one would ever pick off the bookshelf. That's the best way to do it. And I think War the, and Peace. The, the joke was, oh, War and Peace is a good book, though, man. I like War and Peace. The, they had a bunch school, of... And all the names kind of blended together. <laughs> yeah. Some of those Russian ones where you have... Like, what was it? Um, Rolf Skonikov, Rayanovich, or whatever. And you, you read some of these uh, stories. It's like, there's four names, and this group of people calls them that two names, and this group of pe people calls them that three names. It's like, well, it, but it's all the same guy. It's... Those Russian names, man. Yeah. Thurko Russian has lit. a great suggestion. There, here's one that nobody will ever actually pull off the shelf and open up. The 9-11 Commission Report. <laughs> no, no one's reading that one. Chad, though, says that it's... Sir Bemro says Digital Signal code. Processing 4th Edition, but I don't know. I, I know a few people who would actually go and read that. Yeah. Bemrose is one of them. I, uh, I do have a couple of those on my bookshelf, so not that particular book, but... Uh... But a couple like that, so. D&D 4th Edition books. <laughs> no, they're too thin. But they're also terrible, so no one will read them. Mm. Fair then, enough. There's a reason why it went from 3.5 to 5 really quick. Well, we want to... of the Windows game programming gurus. We want to we wanna thank uh, Custom Hall Book Company for, uh, for uh, sending us some dough, some value. And we are a value for value podcast, so uh, if you get anything out of this then you can send some back to us. We take uh, PayPal right now. And one day, when I can get a certain uh, Canadian to get a lightning node set up, then we will accept uh, lightning payments. But uh, that still hasn't happened we yet. Do, we do accept Bitcoin right now to a shared wallet. Yeah. But uh, it's the fees in we don't, we, so... We're not doing the lightning thing yet. And I, I can already hear Curry yelling at us for it. Well, Didn't he's yelling at you. Speaking of, speaking of which, I think, I think that's a... That's a good segue to our first bit of real information. Today. All right, hit me with it. Uh, Monday, you were there. I was there. It was Adam Curry in the smoker on Hog Story. Yes, this is Hog Story, uh, episode number 222, Round the Boot. And uh, they they got a big guest poll on there, uh, which is Adam Curry. I think that was a long time coming, but that was a fun show. I did enjoy listening to that. Uh, yeah, he, he even name-dropped you. Yeah, I got a name drop on there. That was fun. That was for my value for value podcast that I do, though, not for this one, unfortunately. Since I do receive value for value for uh, for another podcast, I do. It's just this one that we can't. It's do it. le it's less for Ablecraft and more for the whole thing with you doing like music by podcasting 2.0. Well, that's what Ablecraft is. Yeah, you don't Ablecraft listen to the show. Comes out more of a discussion about that <laughs> with uh, with Sir Spencer. Oh boy, it's a. Uh... It was fun. I like the the name drop. Um, you know, it's a little endorphin hit. When it, whenever something like that happens, you go, "Ooh, yeah, someone knows about me." Woo! You know, but it's uh, you know, it's cool. I like the show uh, for for other reasons. Uh, it's it was fun. Good interview. Uh, and uh, hope to hear from, more from Adam coming to these 
kind of podcasts on the side, you know, the uh, the no agenda adjacent stuff. The stuff that runs on the stream that isn't no agenda. Uh, definitely some people who'd love to get a hold of him and do a, a wacko episode about something with him. So, uh, we also who knows? Have... Maybe one day Adam will be a guest on our show. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I can get him on Ablecraft. If it, if it happens before <laughs> he's on Grimerica, though, there there will probably be blood. Yeah. Well, we had some other fun stuff. Bowl After Bowl uh, had their episode 106. Uh, it just came out last night, wasn't it? Just started drug use. I listened to that one live. Uh, they had the David Copperfield. Uh, his greatest trick ever was he uh, convinced both Fletcher and who was it? Net Ned? That they had a, uh, an ex- a bad experience. The, the topic was asshole celebrities, and everyone kept calling it about David Copperfield. Huh. <laughs> With the same exact story, by the way, uh, independent of each other, which is very interesting. Really, he's just an asshole for one thing. He, apparently, he's not just an asshole for one thing. He's, he, he's an asshole for one thing, and he does it in the same way over a long period of time in a bunch of different places, is what it sounds like, because everyone has the same story. I guess he's a man all these of so-called uh, all these modern so-called magicians are just bullshit stunt artists, anyways. Like Copperfield and what? What's that? What's that? Like emo goth-looking dude who used to have his own magic show on Mind TV. Freak, Chris that, Angel, that, Mind that, Freak. Yeah, Chris Angel. That 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 dude. Freak <laughs> is definitely definitely ah, yes. appropriate when for him. When history and discovery started going from actual history and discovery shows to weird crap yep well back when you could watch the discovery channel and and it was just re uh it was just stock footage of animals having sex and then you could turn over to the history channel it was just it was the h channel and stock h photos for of hitler. hitler having sex <laughs> it's just hitler oh it's the ava braun documentary and then next up and we've got showcase. goebbels you know it's it's uh followed by ancient aliens <laughs> Well, Ancient Aliens was later. And then, a new special. Was the Third Reich infiltrated by aliens? Well, that's that's modern uh, History yes. Channel. Before it was, like, the Stalingrad documentary. And then they jump over to the uh, the African War uh, front with Rommel. And then they jump over. And the whole programming block on every day on the History Channel was World War II stuff. And it was great. I used to watch that shit every day. It was great. All they were Although, missing was Strike talking Witches. Talking old shows. Did you hear that Babylon 5 is getting a reboot? What? No. Yeah, oh, yes. Babylon 5 is getting rebooted. Done by JMS. Yeah, that's the that's the good thing about it. The bad thing about it is none of the origin none of the original cast are part of it at all. And fair, well, like I mean a of few dead. of them they wouldn't be able to because they've already passed away, like Jerry Doyle and Andreas Katsoulis. And I mean those those are going to be those two are going to be like the most missed because because Jerry Doyle was essentially just being himself when he was playing as uh, damn it, why can't I remember his name now but yeah it's on the Garibaldi. tip of my tongue the security chief Garibaldi yeah Garibaldi how if you and don't Andreas Kasulis like that. he just he ate the fuck out of the scenery as Jakar. Oh, come on. No one ate it like Londo. Londo, yeah, I was just going to okay, say. Okay, true true enough. Yeah, Peter Jurassic. Uh, Peter, But the two of them, like Peter Jurassic and Andreas Katsoulis, in any scene that had both of them present, it was just, uh, it was just ham fest. It was so great. They had to keep replacing the furniture because they chewed on it. <laughs> I always liked when they had, I'm trying to remember, uh, 
a good example of this, but they had Londo would walk up and he had the tentacles, right? Where he'd walk up behind, uh, or be talking to someone. And then you'd see like a tentacle creep up over their shoulder as he's interrogating him or telling him he's the business. Was no, that no. You, you know what the, those the were, The one right? time we got to see Lo one of Londo's tentacles was when he was using it to cheat at cards. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Well, and you know what those tentacles are, right? Babylon 5 was the first was the first TV show to get away with showing bare male genitalia on on the small screen. Now these were tentacles though. As we know tentacles don't have to have a mosaic. Yes. The uh yeah, the <laughs> Centauri, they, they have six. Hentai. Oh man. So to, what's the deal? They have six prehensile tentacle penises. Isaac, what's the deal six. with the, what's the deal with this Babylon 5 reboot? Uh what's the skinny on it? Who's doing it? So, What's going to happen with it? So it's still, what is it, John Michael Straczynski, who did the original Babylon J 5. Yeah, he's JMS. still the showrunner for it. And I think he's doing it with Warner Brothers again. The, the big thing is that it's not like a continuation because they half the cast are dead. So he said, how do you continue it with all these people no longer there? So he's basically kind of taking inspiration from how they did the, ba uh, not Babylon 5, the uh, Battlestar Galactica reboot. Where they kind of are keeping the bones and overall structure, but updating it to be more current and use better technology. Because really, if you watch, especially the first season, the uh, the ships in that, oh boy, hmm. they're kind of ridiculous. Um, it was all through the show. It wasn't just the first season. The first yeah, three the first season, really stick out though, because those were the th <laughs> the first three seasons were when they were using video toaster. For doing all the for all the computer graphics, old video. And yeah, Sir Bemro said like those were fucking incredible for the early '90s. And yeah, they were using like a whole fleet of Amiga 2000s with video toaster in them to do all of that. It was the it was the fourth and fifth seasons where they went with uh, where they went with a bit new like they upgraded the technology to. Going from what was cutting edge when the show when the show started to what was cutting edge. Hmm. What I always found interesting was that the Star Furies were basically the only ship in sci-fi that actually worked on Newtonian physics, with the front and rear jets and yes. then, uh, <laughs> spinning around and all that. The only ones that actually kept that uh, kept that design feature. And they were fucking amazing for that. They were. Cottingen points out that. It's because of the it's because of the old CG stuff that there's no there's no remaster or Blu-ray release or widescreen release of Babylon Five, and it's not so much that it's because it's because of those special effects. It's because nobody actually bothered backing everything up afterwards that would have allowed for re-rendering at higher resolutions. And different aspect ratios. So it's there it's not someone... so much because they used Amigas, it's because they didn't bother they didn't bother with their backups and their backups and their backups. The backup, the backup. And the let backup. that be a lesson to all of you. Backup, then backup the backup, then backup the backup of the backup. <laughs> and make sure at least one of those is off site. I did see a video where someone took the original footage that I guess they downloaded from somewhere. And put it through an AI algorithm to like clean it up, and that looked pretty cool. And it made the colors look a little more realistic, and made the ships look better in the space scenes. But I think doing that, I for wonder a if that was Wi-Fi 2 series instead of just like, like a little 10-second clip would be ridiculous. 
I wonder if that could be done with Waifu 2X. I know it's good for upscaling uh, static images, but I have no idea how well it would apply to upscaling video. They could do what everyone else did. Uh, I'm just imagining a, this is the lame, the lamest way to do it would be is if you had all the special effect shots kind of had the blurry uh, sidebars, the way they do when they take a vertical video and they put it on YouTube. Or they try and make it widescreen. Uh, I hate that. It is infuriating, but that's the <laughs> cheapest way to do it, right? Is you just have the blurred copies on the sides. The zoomed and blurred And all these layers. fucking vertical aspect ratio TikTok videos and everything. Because, because fuck doing things right. I'm doing it all with my cell phone. Hee 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 hee. I'm a dumb Are little whore sure on TikTok? the internet. Yeah, boy. Oh, we got some stuff to talk about. Um, did you uh, see the gas explosions? I saw you pasted an article about it in your notes, but I did not actually get around to reading it. Well, I don't know if there's much to, to read. It's The big thing is this picture, and there's this story of these gas explosions in Serbia, which are just blowing not up. Serbia. In who's what? Siberia. Uh, Siberia, I'm Very sorry. Very different place. <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of distance between them. I'm speed reading my own notes here. Uh, the uh, Yeah, up in the Arctic Circle, not, not Serbia. They had uh, just these big craters for stuff blowing up. And I was reminded of the the sinkholes that keep showing up in Turkey uh, that we mentioned a long Soviet time ago. You know? It's whenever you see stuff like this where there's something geological going on and it's it's like the hole is a perfectly circular hole. It's a big pit into nothing. You know, it's just the, the photos are pretty striking. I'm going to put the pictures. Let me put it in the chat room. So a, a rare encounter it's chat. It's a big hole to permafrost. But it just kind of blew up. It's a crater. Definitely go rappelling down there. Yeah. It sounds like... It does look like it would be fun for a rappelling job. Yeah. Until until there's another explosion underneath it and you get dropped to your death. Nah, nah. That's, this kind of thing is where you find underground monsters. Come on. Yeah, there's the mole men are at work. about that? Giant mole men. The giant mole men. Man, what was... So... Hans mole man. Yeah, that was it. Hans mole man. That was the... Was that the Adult Swim one? No, Hans Molman was no, no, in The Simpsons. Uh, he was a, he was a little like peanut headed guy. Hans Molman presents man getting hit by football. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, Saul of the Mole Men. That's what I was thinking of. Was the what? it was the live action Adult Swim show about the guy uh, who goes on the the fantastic uh, adventure uh, where he goes to the center of the earth and it's all like violent weird stuff is going on to him. I think oh, it was Saul of the idea. Mole Men. Yeah, I don't know it. <sighs> Man, I'm just thinking of Saw movies with Hans Molman now instead of Jigsaw. <laughs> Hans Molman. You know what? I would totally watch that. No, I never watched the Saw movies. I didn't feel any reason to. I saw the trailers for them and I had some people talking about it, but it was never. There's nothing about the movie appealed to me at all. About the whole series, I guess. Yeah, That's I've because you're not bloodthirsty. Well, well, hold on. I am bloodthirsty, though. I like gory Speaking movies, of... but th for some reason, these just seem, like, dumb. And uh, I can never get into it. I tried to watch one once. It was just didn't hit the right buttons for me. I've, I've never yeah, been a fan fair of enough. I But on <laughs> Slasher Flicks, have you guys seen the remake of Friday the 13th? No. So nope. it's got Jared Padalecki in it, who plays uh, Sam Winchester on Supernatural. And as soon as I saw that, I couldn't watch, like, the rest of the movie, I was just laughing, because I was like, Sam is hunting Jason! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, the most bloodthirsty stuff I was looking at, I guess Carplanes is pointing out in the, the chat, it's torture and not, uh, and not just violence. 
I don't know. That might be it. But uh, what I was watching lately with anime was uh, this Higurashi uh, Satsu uh, season. Yeah, and that has plenty of torture and violence to it. Yeah, I, well, yeah, Carplanes, I want to take that back. Because Higur- the, one of the best scenes in Higurashi was the fingernail puller. And that was a torture scene. And they had one where they were torturing the, the girl tied her to a cross with... Uh, with uh, what was it? With barbed wire, it's, they're stabbing her and torturing her. You know, there's all kinds of really, really gory stuff in Higurashi too, and I loved that. And I did like Saw it all, even though some of it was, uh, some of it was along the same lines. So I've never seen that show, and you're not making me want to. Also, you might want to see a shrink. Oh, I think the uh, I think that the uh, the violent anime category is a little bit underserved. They used to have this hyper-violent stuff that was out there all the time. Uh, well, I don't know, all the time, but you could get... St- I'm just thinking back to, like, what was it, Elfin Lead, or... What was that show that came out in, like, 2003 yeah, or something? Elfin was pretty right. violent. That was a pretty was violent one. Heads off. It's like buckets of blood everywhere, and you'd see that stuff a, a little while ago, but is the only one I could think of now that even does anything like that. There's no hyper-violent stuff. Uh, which one? Um, Higurashi. Higurashi. Uh, it's a... Almost like a Twin Peaks kind of situation where there's a small town and it's disconnected and it takes place in the 80s and the new kid moves to town and he finds out there's something wrong. Something ominous so is going on. Stranger Things. Well, it's, it has a time loop aspect too. So the way that they play it is they'll run through a scenario from one character's perspective and, and it'll come up and then something important will happen. Like maybe someone dies or there's, there's some mystery involved. And it might be something weird, like a closed room mystery, you know, like a real Agatha Christie kind of thing. And then it'll wrap around, and then the next uh, season, it'll come through. Not that what they'll do is each season will be, I don't know, maybe five different stories. And they all take place in the same town. They're sort of like different takes on what's going on. Then the next season, they call those the question arcs. And then they come around and they have the answer arcs where they kind of reveal the mystery. And it's... it's uh, it's a lot of fun to follow it if you like the mystery novel format. It also is famous for being taken off TV uh, for being too violent once upon a time in Japan. The the final episodes uh, got banned of one season uh, along with school days. And Nice boat. Yeah, it was the nice boat incident. And it was also... I don't know what that is, but I didn't think the Japanese took anything off TV. Yeah, there was... They took all the violent stuff off TV one one season because... There was a situation, I'm trying to remember, it was like a, a young girl killed someone with an axe or something like that, or she was the, I'm trying to remember the details, maybe she was like the firefighter's daughter or something like that, and, and committed a murder, and they, they turned around and said, okay, there's nothing violent on TV for the rest of the season, and they canceled the, the last episode of School Days, which was a show that was airing at the time, and then Higurashi also had a season at the time, they got cut, and they replaced it with stock footage of Alaska, of an Alaskan cruise with a guy narrating over it. So there's like a helicopter showing the Alaskan landscape in the, in the north, uh, the Arctic landscape too. And as they fly are by... Thinking, are you thinking of, uh, are you thinking of Nevada Tan? Nope. Different story. It's, okay. That's a different, uh, that's a different girl who murdered a bunch of people in Japan. The, uh, anyway, as they fly okay. by, they see a cruiser, uh, cr- a cruise ship going up there. And as they fly by, the, the voiceover goes, oh, nice boat and he does this really really uh hokey kind of thing became the meme 
all the fans, so here's the thing, all the fan subbers, because they didn't have the episodes, they all released that, that, the dice boat thing instead of the episode, so it's, that's amazing. That's how it got it. Kind of like how, kind of like how we got the, uh, what was it, the Orange Rescue commercial. Orange Rescue, when, yeah, when, uh, when Madoka Magica. was, uh, new, yeah. Yeah. No, that was good, that was when they left, um, Isaac, did you watch, uh, Madoka Magica and, like, I don't know, it must be 10 years old now. Nope. It must have been 2011. Um, it was a fun, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the show is about. The bottom line is the fan subgroups that were doing it left com- the commercial break in the middle. They left one commercial in for, and the only commercial they would leave in was the Orange Rescue commercial, which is a caffeinated orange juice drink. <laughs> and they, it That's had this really awesome. stupid, so this, the commercials where they had uh, some office workers, they're all sitting around at their desk and they're all falling asleep and they can't stay awake because they're listening to this podcast. I don't know. And what happens is the, the ceiling tiles blow apart and a guy comes in in an orange jumpsuit, like repels down and goes, morning rescue. And, he, and they hand, you know, the, the drink out. It was it was a big fad at the time. And they started getting... they left that in. They left just that commercial in it. They left it in every episode, every time it played. And then the next year at uh, Anime Expo... Maybe it was 2012 or 13. I can't remember. Morning Rescue is huge. They kept. They had a booth. Their people were selling them everywhere. Yeah. You know, okay. A- <laughs> back, back in the day when I still went to Anime North and was actually doing doing a panel on visual novels each year, one of my fellow panelists actually cosplayed as the as the uh, Morning Rescue guy. <laughs> morning Rescue guy. Yeah. That's a fun fun commercials. <clears throat> so i got some i got some throwaway topics called do you have uh tell me what kind of stuff you got on your rundown hold on i was i was i was looking up one other thing as well and kite there there's, oh, one there's one a that's really one. that's really violent so violent in fact that that it's illegal here in canada to have the unedited version what yeah suddenly i want this yeah, right? so he's had a change of heart all of a sudden. Yeah, Kite was one of those hyper-violent... Uh, was it an OVA or a movie? It was an OVA, but in the States, it was edited into a one-hour movie. It, it was one of those kind of... Was it the same guy who did Mezzo Forte? The OVA Forte? has been released three times in the United States, each with less censorship than the last citation needed, yeah. with the most recent release being reputedly uncensored. Kite was also banned in many countries. Kite is banned in Norway due to scenes in the film being considered child pornography, Ooh, which boy. is a criminal offense in Norway. However, a censored version is available. It is considered an anime cult classic by some fans. Yeah, it was that, and I think it's the same guy who did Mezzo Forte, which was... Yes, I think it was. Which was another one. And there's one. also a sequel, Kite Liberator. Kite Li- yeah, Mezzo Forte, also by Umetsu. Yep. And that was another and one. Has that a, is... It has a cameo of one of the characters oh really yeah that was one with all the apparently he also directed an episode of cool devices that apparently prototyped some of the character design and subject matter of kite Hmm. well we had uh here's what i got on my rundown i got the hamster that trades cryptocurrencies i've got the uh the mcdonald's manager accidentally lets loose what the what grimace really is Excuse me, that one's mine. Oh. It even happened here in Canada. Okay, well, do you want to bring it in, then? I'd like to know what the purple monster is. Grimace? Yeah, so Grimace is a taste bud. <laughs> so they oh. say... I need the wrong color. So, yeah. 
So apparently, apparently, according to this article, McDonald's was forced to go into damage control after a manager made a statement claiming that Grimace is a taste bud. Now, Grimace Which, is, is this, like this statement. Thing. Okay, so this is... It's the purple thing. This is one of the McDonald's locations in Windsor, Ontario. So that's... Oh. Yeah, so that's, that a, that's a about a four-hour right drive down the 401 from here. I'll... Not during rush hour. During rush hour, it's more like six hours because it takes like two fucking hours to get across Toronto. But anyway, his statement included this. Whether he's a taste bud, a milkshake, or just your favorite purple blob, the best part about Grimace is that he means different things to different people. Whatever he is, we're just proud our bestie makes people happy. Now, I think Grimace... That's, that's, the, sta that's the statement from <laughs> McDonald's. Not from the manager. Now, what what the manager say in particular? Then he just said he's a taste bud. Yeah. So there was a there was an article on a CBC about this, which is where which is where this all started. This this CBC news article. I will actually paste it into the chat. Down at so so first of all, the the article has a sub has a subheader that that starts off. Brian Bates also answers the long-debated question, what is Grimace, anyway? And, of course, because you know how modern journalism works, they stick this right at the bottom. Bates also unofficially revealed that Grimace, one of the McDonald's Happy Meal characters, is, in fact, a taste bud. Hmm. He is an enormous taste bud, but a taste bud nonetheless, Bates said. The purpose of Grimace is to show the food tastes good. Germ Germalism, I think, is the show title here. <laughs> Germalism. Germalism. Yeah. yeah, so Grimace, I always thought... But yeah, so so there you go. There's there there's there's the description of the Patrick Star of McDonald's. I always thought he was the embodiment of what it feels like to eat McDonald's. More so than anything really yes, physical. Yes, same here. Maybe in his name sort of also reflects that idea is sort of what it feels like to eat mcdonald's as you grimace and you look like a big fat thing as a child well every mcdonald's time you mcdonald's, mcdonald's claimed victory, in 2012 adult, on twitter that grimace is the embodiment of a milkshake i don't how? see where they get that how is he a milkshake a purple milkshake come on well that's what they said <sighs> these marketers they don't know what yeah, they're I doing know. i think he was made in the 70s when there don't. was a lot of lsd jeez can we apparently get... Apparently, originally, he had four arms, and he was he was a villain with the Hamburglar. Yeah, he was. I remember that. Uh, I, I went in a deep dive then, on the mascot then history. Ronald once. McDonald sliced off two of his arms, apparently, <laughs> and then he turned the into hell? he turned into a lovable idiot. Apparently, Can, wizard... yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, a wizard did it. What the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Oh boy, insanity. The uh, the next story I had, did you see the hamster trades the crypto story? This is the Market Watch uh, link. Yeah, I, I got to hear this from you. Oh, man. So Mr. Gox is this uh, little hamster. Not it, Mount, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Did I say something he else? He said Mr. Because I remember Mount Gox. Uh, that was a Mr. Fuck up. Chris. Mr. I know he did. Mr. Gox exclusively trades crypto like Bitcoin. So he's a shitcoin trader. And he runs on his little hamster wheel and picks which shitcoin to trade. And then he runs through a tunnel and decides to buy or sell. So it's very uh, interesting experiment. It's uh, it's funny that they this, the story has been, for some period, he's been outperforming certain indexes uh, and doing 
actually pretty well for himself for, for a hamster who doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, it's a, it's a cute story. It makes as everything else with Bitcoins. There, the, there's a video of his supposed office yeah. on YouTube. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't clip it because it's all... It doesn't work for audio. You know, it's a really a visual thing uh -huh. to see a little hamster run around. And he, but it's a, it's a fun fun situation. I saw it running through the news store, uh, websites a little earlier this week, so... I, think I wonder we, if it's related to Harvey the, Mon the Wonder Hamster. <laughs> Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Well, no you also know there's, like... Yeah, you know, there's also, like, the octopuses that pick, like, sports Octopi. sports winners and stuff, right? Is it octopodes? I don't know. Animals seem to do a better job of all this sort of betting than we do. Cephalopods. Cephalopods. I thought it was octopodes. Since podes, podes would be also be plural. The octopodes. Hmm. 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 It's, like, it's kind of like, is Bigfoot, what, what's multiple big feet? Are they big feet or are they <laughs> big, big, big feets? Bigfoots? Big, Bigfoots? How about Big's Feats? They could be like Attorney's General. No. I like Big Feats. Big's, the biggest fetus. Mm. No, biggest no fetuses. <laughs> like something different, man. Yeah, oh, this comes Does off wrong. So I've read a lot about Bigfoot, mostly from erotic novels. And I could say he's unmarried, but he's into some business. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't Wait, hold know. the goddamn phone. <laughs> You're reading erotic novels about Bigfoot? Uh, you gotta read some of these things. They're great. Okay, you know what you need to do? If this is what you're Into reading, the notes. you need to do some reads of this and call those reads in to Nick the Rat. Well, that was that was the original uh, bit, was it was the worst sex scenes ever uh, is where I was introduced to some of these things. They had the Come for Big, Bigfoot series, and I went to a reading of that. And they had guys, they would go down the list. Someone was doing Mickey Mouse voices, you know. Uh, they do different character voices for all the different characters. They, they'd read it, and they did it at a... Back in Denver, it was a convention, literature convention, and they had the PG-13 PG version of the panel during the day. And it was the worst books ever written, the worst scenes ever written. They'd go through a bunch of old books, usually 70s, 60s-era sci-fi. Just these terrible fucking ideas. Uh, they had a planet where you had to... When you go on the planet, you get weighed... And then when you want to leave the planet, to be completely neutral, you had to weigh the exact same amount when you left. And so there's a whole business about, well, if you got fat, you have to lose all the weight before you go. Because you're not taking our matter with you. Uh, and if you're too skinny, you have to bulk that up. Reminds That's me the something. stupid thing, right? So they read these just stupid stories with stupid premises. And it was a riot. At the end of the panel, they said, yeah, and at midnight, in the attic of the hotel, Somehow this hotel has an attic, and you can get to it. They did the uh, the 18 plus version, and it was the fucking funniest thing I ever heard in my life. And there was my plug so for it, Mile High Con. It, uh... So there's this whole book series this woman wrote, wrote 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 about people having sex with dinosaurs. Oh yeah. Saying if you're talking about weird porn, like there's something to look at. Yeah, there's uh, let's see, there's the Come for Bigfoot. They had um, Chuck Tingle was one of those authors. He's a very prominent author on certain yes, certain I've areas of Amazon. Name. Chuck Tingle did like the space raptor butt invasion and he had all these really low effort novels. His his shtick was he just put out the lowest of low effort uh, of erotic novel. And some of them didn't even make sense. Like some of them were just meta jokes where it's like uh, Chuck he, Tingle. He has to be a troll. He is, yeah. Well, he's got... But he just puts out all this stuff. It's so wild. Like, just the 
I think we talked about it on the show, right? Called. Um, I'm not sure. I I've definitely heard him discussed somewhere before. I'm not sure if it was on our show or if he was discussed on Hog Story or another show that I listened to. But the name the name is definitely familiar. And yes, he is a prolific writer of horrible porn stories. He, so he wrote. I'm just looking at and the I top don't mean of his horrible page. in in the sense of what's going on in them, but rather in the sense that like. This is terrible writing, and it's erotica, and it's just it's just so bad it's good. So here's what we have. We have Fahrenheit 69 by Chuck Tingle, The Great Gats Butt by Chuck Tingle. He's got Bigfoot Pirates Hunt My Balls by Chuck, Chuck Tingle. <laughs> Seduced by Dr. Bigfoot. <laughs> Scary stories to tingle your butt. It's just on and on and on. He has all these collections, you know. It's uh, my macaroni and cheese is a lesbian. Also, she is my lawyer. <laughs> He's basically a light novel author. Uh, it's just terrible. Is he throwing darts? Well, at he a board? he writes titles like he's one. That's for sure. <laughs> Open wide for the handsome saber toothed dentist who is also a ghost by Chuck Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Okay. He's he's one of these. Uh, probably a troll. The one that yeah. I remember the most was... And he's, he's making bank on it. There's a lot of people who did that where they made um, sort of the joke novel. Uh, was it called Naked Came the Stranger? That was one from the, I think the 70s, where there was some writers complaining that all you needed to do to get to the top of the... The New York Times bestseller list was just to write a book that was just full of sex scenes. It just had to be gross. I thought the way to get to the top of the list was to fuck the list's editor. What they just what they decided to do is test the theory, and so they said, "Okay, let's just write a book that's almost it's just sex." And it was called "Naked Came the Stranger." They put it out. They hit the t the bestseller list. Uh, the most recent one to do that was actually Brian Brushwood. Uh, did you hear this story? Uh, what was it called? The Diamond Club. No, the, no. They they I had didn't. a lot of. It was a time when you know the Twilight series. Uh, I'm 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 sorry. It wasn't Twilight. It was like Fifty Shades of Grey was hitting the top, and all the knockoffs were hitting the New York Times bestsellers list. And Brian Brushwood, um, I think he does the Modern Rogue podcast now. It used to be with the Leo Laporte Network. He got all his his fans to put together a, a book. Each chapter is actually written by a different person, <laughs> and the the whole concept was it was a parody of kind of the Fifty Shades of Grey style but they didn't publish it as a parody they played it completely straight they came up with a pseudonym they published it and then they actually got to the top of the bestsellers list with it too so it was a pretty uh, nice way to do it yeah it was called the diamond club and it just the if you if you pick up a copy i don't have one handy i can read from just the the opening couple paragraphs tell you what kind of book it is it's uh it's fun but the now staying on terrible Staying on terrible stories, but uh, getting rid of the sex. You definitely have heard of the Eye of Argon, right? Oh, geez, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm trying to remember what Is the that premise from was. Quest? No, it's it's the one that's considered like the worst the worst uh, fantasy story of all time. Yeah, tell tell me about this. I've heard the name. I can't remember what it's about. So some dude, as like I guess a teenager wrote this novella called The Eye of Argon and it was completely panned and it's it's actually done Serpent's Right, I've mentioned it before on the show. That's probably it, why I remember it. 
it is one of the most beloved pieces of appalling prose because it's just written so terribly. Uh, it's also been called the ap apotheosis of bad writing. And at conventions, you can actually find people who will get together to do a reading of it. And as soon as as soon as you break out laughing, you have to hand it off to the next person to start reading. <laughs> so it's not like one person's doing a reading. It's like a sport. You're doing it as a sport and like seeing how far you can go before you break up. I'm I'm uh I'm pretty sure I've been to a reading of this. I'm reading the Wikipedia article, this chapter uh, synopsis. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen this. He takes the rat pelvis he fashioned into a dagger and, and slits one of the soldier's throat. And then he strangles the second and takes his closed torch and axe. You know, it's something about the the direct way they're somewhere. I don't know. It's when I say it out loud, it's it's not as funny, but it was making me crack up just reading this. So I need to find this. The weather beaten trail wound ahead into the dust racked climbs of the barren land, which dominates large portions of the Norgolian Empire. <laughs> Age-worn hoof prints smothered by the sifting sands of time shone dully against the dust-splattered crust of earth. The tireless sun cast its parching rays of incandescence from overhead, halfway through its daily revolution. Small rodents scampered about, occupying themselves in the daily accomplishments of their dismal lives. Dust sprayed over three heaving mounts in blinding clouds, while they bore the burdensome cargoes of their struggling overseers. Prepare to embrace your creators in the stygian haunts of hell, barbarian, gasped the first soldier. Only after you have kissed the fleeting steed of death, wretch, returned Grigner. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's it's one of those. The other... And it goes on like this. The sci-fi version of that is called Moon People. And that's another one uh, you'll hear at these readings, too. I, it's another one that's fun to look up on Amazon because the reviews are so good. You know, it's it's a sci-fi book. People. It's just called Moon People. And Moon, Moon People, People 1. Moon. It's one where they keep giving it five-star ratings, even though it's widely considered to be one of the worst books ever. So it's it's one where you could usually read the uh, the reviews and you'll find something pretty oh, funny there. Oh, we have discussed this one as well because it is a purple link when I search for it. Oh, man. So this is like reverse uh, review bombing? Yeah. So instead of giving a, a one star, they, uh... Moon People 3, the go Venus, the <laughs> goddess of love. There's the porn book. <laughs> the per Here's the review. I'm just reading this the review. Story hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. This story begins in the year October 6, 2050, <laughs> orbiting the planet of Venus, where Admiral <laughs> Benson and the crew of the Aurora are in position. They are investigating if a Venus Genesis is possible. Ever since first science mm. officer, Commander David Bramer, successfully did a Mars Genesis. All everybody has been saying is, let's try Venus, because <laughs> it's just like Earth and so close. Mars is going great. It's been a little over one year, and yet construction on Mars, because of light speed capability, has advanced very uh. rapidly. There, T-H-E-I-R, already at small city status and moving right along. They now had a population of about 30,000 people. The Martians all survived thanks to Earth and the Paulines. Even 90% of all of the animals on Mars survive. Earth brought animals too. Fish, trees, plant life, also a lot of plankton. Mars did not look anything like it used to. That's U-S-E-2. It looked like another Earth now. 
you could now see, instead of a red planet, you could see green and brown and blue all over its surface. It looked just like Earth, except there was more land, a lot more land than water. But it was still a beautiful sight to see. Now everyone wants to do the same to Venus, if it is possible. Are, are you reading the book or the summary? Is that... I, this, is, this is, like, you know oh. how... You know how Amazon has this, like, look inside thing? <laughs> oh, so you're reading the book. It, on some of it? Yes, that is actually from the book. Ugh. Well, we don't have so to read the whole... It's, it's just bad. What is if, it, Isaac? If you look up moon people on Amazon, it immediately brings you to frequently bought together the Eye of Argon. Oh, cool. <laughs> yes, it does. I see that, too. <laughs> I need to find these. <laughs> Mars. I think that's going into a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> also, a lot of plankton. I don't know. That, that a one, lot uh, of plankton. Good lord, that's a lot, a lot of plankton. A lot. It's more than some. <laughs> a lot of plankton. Oh, man. Um, behind the Schemes actually addressed a question to us, Cole. Did you hear that? I heard oh, it on episode 64. I didn't. Gaped hellhole. Oh, and, well, I don't know if it was really a gaped question. Gaped hellhole or gate hellhole? Gaped. There's a big difference there. It is a gaped hellhole. Gaped. G-A-P-E-D. Yes. I think so. That's what it was, right? Dude. They had uh, some topic about anime, and Boober, Boobs comes on and says, yeah, I've got to have a direct question to Abel Kirby, Cold Acid. Food Wars, am I going to like it? And then he went on to say, I love Food Wars, so I don't know what the question was about. But, uh, yes, I, 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 the answer is yes, you're going to like it. I, I think that's the answer, yeah, See, since he answered it himself immediately. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah, I already talked about Higurashi. I don't want to... Unless there's some anime... I don't know. Isaac, what do you want to bring up? Do you do you watch any anime or do anything interesting not, lately? Not really. I haven't watched anime in a while. Oh. I got... Boo. I've been playing a lot of uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous from Alcat Games since it just came out recently. Plus, I got a new graphics card. Mine's a Bitcoin. Yes, I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, here's something I saw in your notes, Abel Kirby, that is something that I've been predicting for, well, ever since NFTs became a popular thing. And that's Neopets. Neopets is back in POG. I mean, NFT form. Mm. You mean like the little, the Tamagotchi things? The little, yeah. From the era of Tamagotchi, when everyone was trying to cash in on something like that, Neopets did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think they were the and only now ones they are, close. and now they are launching a, a series of NFTs. Well, Beanie Babies, so do they have NFTs yet? They're still not going to own them. Yeah, that I don't think they do. They really should. I mean, Beanie Babies were the original NFTs, right? <clears throat> According, I actually, that's what all these headlines say. I just put in NFT Beanie Babies, and that's all I'm getting is, are NFTs the new Beanie Babies? I oh, say yes. I remember when when they thought if you had the whole collection, it would be worth millions of dollars in the future. wonder how that's working for them. Yeah, well. It depends on how far of a future you're looking at. It is a grim future. That's what I have to say. An NFT future. An NFT future filled with violence and partial nudity. Warhammer 40,000? Wait, that doesn't (laughs) sound grim at all. I like that. In the grim darkness of the far future, there will just be nudity? Partial nudity. It's PG-13. Aww. I want full frontal nudity. Uh, you gotta watch Kite for that. You gotta watch Meso no, Forte I can for just, that. No, I, I can just go outside without putting any clothes on. 
<laughs> and that I never said I was looking to look at it. And so what's this? Uh, someone tell me more about Neopets because I remember them being around, but I never cared about them at all. What's the What's the I never cared the about the theory either. of them. I just knew they existed. Did they live in a world with a knockoff Tamagotchi? Do they have like a story or do they have characteristics or like personalities? Or are they just stickers? Well, they were more than just stickers, I thought. Yeah, so what were they? Tell me more. I thought they were like an online version of Tamagotchi. The great the great Google will tell us. Yeah. And it sounds like Chris is right. Or cold acid, damn it. Names. But yes, apparently they're going mobile. They're virtual pets. I have a hard enough time with my they're real pets. They're the the yeah. they owned Maybe by the Chinese. Yeah. They're owned by the Chinese, Coincidentally released at the same time we released some uh, electronic uh, Chinese prisoners. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are we talking about an NFT prisoner exchange? Yes. Is that is that how we trade prisoners of war now on the... Uh, the, uh, okay, the so block here's block what Wikipedia blockchain. says. Described as an online cross of Pokemon and Tamagotchi. Yep. We've established this. Yeah. So anyway, the it launched in 1999. Uh-huh. They, so, they got bought out by investors in two, after two years, and then they sold they sold it to Viacom, mm -hmm. which stuck it in part in their Nickelodeon division. Mm -hmm. Then, then they sold. Then they, my mom sold it in 2014 to Jumpstart Games, which itself was acquired by a Chinese company in 2017. Yeah. So my question is, which one of those are Scientologists? Because according to Chad, Neopets were sold to Scientologists. Really? I have no what idea. Those were probably that was probably the investors. Oh jeez! Were they trying to exercise ancient ghost, alien ghosts, using neopets? Lose that weight so they could get off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Ah, well, neopets. This is I, the the thing about this story that bugs me is it's just another, it's another hey me also kind of thing where oh yeah it's uh, another cash in NFTs yeah that's the cool thing everyone can get rich off NFTs it's 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 been annoying me that I watch. Uh, sports ball games, hand egg games on TV, and it's they've really ramped up the ads for this stuff. It used to be all Subway and beer ads, and now it's crypto. We're all going to get rich trading crypto and shit coins. It's like, come on. This is a, I, no, I like the, the technology, The ones who are going to get man. rich are the ones who are putting those commercials up in the first place. Yeah, that's how they're paying Everybody for the commercial. Everybody else is a sucker. It's, it's another tax on dumb people, the way they present it. Yep. That's uh, my take anyway. That's absolutely on crypto, yeah. it's it's kind of weird because there was a company in Alberta that took over a decommissioned natural fuel pumping station and started burning it to power their crypto mining rigs in like a shipping container without going to any of the government bodies to get the licensing or EA done to turn on this g big gas generator. Mm -hmm. So... What happened to they're, them? They, they were making enough money that they were like, we can just pay the fines <laughs> oh, instead of go. take the time to get the permits. Yeah, it's the era of better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Personally, I think they should just seize that stuff and be like, bye. Yeah. Oh, I got some I got some nuke news for you, Icehawk. Uh oh. Nuke news. I didn't do it. Yeah. 
the yeah, nuke news. The U.S. military is looking at uh, building portable nuclear reactors, and they're building a prototype in Idaho. Idaho. Fun fact. Yeah. So the idea is the idea years. is they yeah. would have these they would have these nuclear reactors that a bunch of jarheads would be able to throw together in like a week and decommission in about the same amount of time. Hmm. All right. That's, well, is that's it, a little more complicated. Is it throw it together in three I, days I gotta, and then take it apart in a week? I gotta correct you because hold on, does it stop? Jarheads are Marines. You said the Army. Good point. Yes, you're Just right. Get, get the facts Good out point. here. Pounders. Yeah. GIs then. GIs. There you go. GI Joes. <laughs> but realistically, the the U.S. military has been using small modular reactors for years. What do you think is in a nuclear sub or aircraft carrier? It's just a small. No, reactor. those are those are not like what they're thinking about for this. They're they're looking at like a micromodular reactor, a back like a backpack. They're looking, nuke? they're looking at like I said something that could produce. These are supposed to be able to produce from one to five megawatts of power, and they'd be yeah, able so to just like put them together on a base, both in the states and overseas. Like if you've got like, I don't know. The next time, the next time the U.S. goes into a place like Afghanistan, right, on their bases, they could have these nuclear generators, and then when it's time to, uh, when it's time to go and let the natives take take things over again, they take them they apart and bring them with them. No, they wouldn't leave My these. Concern about that would be if that base got overrun, you just gave them the stuff to make a dirty bomb. <laughs> I think the. The takeaway from and this I is, I think that's part of the reason why they want them portable, so that if if you're going to be overrun, you hold you hold the line long enough to actually take it apart and and fly it out of there. You know, like doing things properly, not what actually went down in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about in recent history, we had some poor track record of removing vital stuff from a base before uh, before we skedaddled. So I don't know. It's a, it's questionable yeah, uh, it, it's, how good of an idea this is, but the the yeah. bottom so line it, is, it, let me see what the strategy it's a neat is. Idea. Okay, I like the I like What's the this? overall idea here is that when you go out somewhere and you're building up, not not like in a tent. It looks like they want to put it in a facility. Just the way I'm reading this, you have a problem where if you have some remote base out somewhere, you're really reliant either on flying in a bunch of diesel fuel all the time to run generators or whatever. If you're in a host country, that's fine because, you know, you can just buy electricity from them. But if you're in a maybe not as friendly area, you might have to do it all yourself. And so this would, it sounds like what they want to do is inside a base, be able to have a building they could deploy and set up and kind of quickly commission a uh, nuclear reactor to provide power well, for yeah, all the stuff Well, yeah, that's exactly need. it. That is exactly it. Because the U.S. military is probably the world's largest consumer of energy primarily in the form of diesel for powering generators yep so the that, idea that the, the right. idea is like having having micro reactors that they can set up in three days tear down in seven and can certain can serve them for power needs whenever they're somewhere where they can't just like tap off the grid right it will reduce the amount of generator power that they need to they need to have and the the diesel they have can actually go towards fueling their vehicles more than powering their bases i'm looking forward to when we're at like 
fallout levels of microfusion generators, and everything just has its own little reactor in it. Yeah, the Star Trek future, right? No, fallout. There's got to be war. Yeah, there's got to be some guy in a mask with a fake arm. There's got to be all kinds of extra stuff for fallout. The Mad so, Max well, Yeah, armor. Mad Max style, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Gotta keep it interesting. Yeah. Leather jacket with only one arm and... So they're making a new Mad Max movie, aren't they? Have you heard anything about that? Really? I yeah. haven't heard of it. I think it was a sequel to Fury Road. Now, I don't know if they cancel it, but what you said, Mad Max, that brought me back. I want to go look and see if this is here. So Fury Road was 2015. I particularly liked that movie. Uh, and I wonder if they have a sequel. I heard they were going to make one. I'm just wondering if Mel Gibson is even is even like able to do that anymore. It was Tom Hardy, though. They'd, it wasn't Mel Gibson in Fury Road. They brought Tom Hardy in as the action hero. Well, that's right, too. So that was great. They had they had Bane player? being the good guy. He was he's an actor. He was like Bane in the Dark Knight, uh, or or the Night Rises, whatever the third Batman movie was. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yep. And uh, I'm trying to remember who else was in it. Charlize Theron, I think, was in it. I'm looking at the yes. Yeah, it it was a fun fun flick, action flick. A lot of driving, a lot of stunts, and in fact, the best character in the movie was this guy done up in, uh, like, almost, he wasn't like Gimp, he was like this crazy guy, bungee corded to the front of the truck, playing a guitar with a flamethrower on it, and he was kind of the the morale, he's, you know, leading them by, by playing metal music. <laughs> And that's so pretty what, what you hear is as the as the horde that's chasing Mad Max around, as the horde approaches, you just hear this music in the background. There's fireballs blowing off on the side as he's as he's uh, shredding as they roll down the 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 Australian highway, the burned out post apocalyptic highway. It is a really fun fun show, fun movie. Man, I'm gonna go play Wasteland Three again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do we gotta do? It's to, nice uh, to see that. It's nice to see that the Mad Max series is still under control of George Miller. Oh, here we go. Mad Max The Wasteland, to be announced. Um, something about Okay, that means it's probably not even in production yet. Yeah, that's probably true. It looks like in in 2019 they had something about, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to read all these stories oh, before we get to talk about them. Currently in pre-production with a planned release for 2014, Furiosa. What's so they're doing a spin, he's doing a spin-off movie of Fiosa. Well, 2014 or 2024? It comes out in a few years. 2024, you 2024. mean? 2024. Yeah. Yeah, 2024. going back in time. Hey, that's my job. I'm the one who goes I back in time. I do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. From the, from the man who brought you Mad Max and Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> wow, those I are two very different movies. Oh, man. Babe, Pig in the City. I was excited when that one came out. I liked Babe. I liked that movie when I was, you know, it's a kid's movie. And then when Pig in the City came out, we had to go rent that as soon as it was out. From Blockbuster? He also did, he from, was also behind Happy Feet. It, uh, from a local, we didn't have a Blockbuster. We had the local gas stations. Some of them had rentals. And there was a place called Bolin Videos. Uh, used to be in Pelham, New Hampshire. We used to go there. It was the local video rental store. Same same idea as Blockbuster, though. But they didn't... It was a smaller selection. But, you know, it's yeah, it's what we had. I, you didn't know anything beyond what was in there anyway. So it's not like you were missing it. It was hard to get information about a, a list of all the movies ever, you know, back in the day. So 
If it wasn't there, there was no you didn't worry IMDb. about it. Yep. So they used to publish books on that. You could get entire books that were published that were just lists of operas that were made or um, lists of artists and their works and things like that. One of them was, um, you know, here's all the different Hollywood actors and all the films they were in, that kind of stuff, you know, IMDb, but in book form because there's no internet. They used to have a magazine that came out every week that told you it was on TV that week <laughs> and on what channels. Yeah. Well, you know what's fun is... Yeah, I remember that. TV Guide still has a pretty good service where they'll tell you what's what live sports are on today. And it's... Really? If you go to their website, like their normal website, it's just shit. It's like ads and crap. But there's... Um, I have it saved somewhere. It's the URL. And it's just a page that lists all of the, the different sports ball games that are on, what channel they're on, and when they start, and who's playing who. And it's a great summary uh, brought by the TV Guide. Of all things, it's better I than did trying not to get. Realize they were still around. Yeah, it's better than if you like if you want to watch an NFL game. If you go to NFL.com, you have to. There's a million things have to load, and it takes forever. And they won't. They don't always tell you easily what channel you should be watching or what time. Sometimes it's a little more complicated. TV Guide, they bring it right up. It's exactly what you want to know. Hey, did they get be crazy? Makes me think of one of our uncles will be like watching nascar and then have the nascar page on his laptop beside him so he's watching the game and now has the live uh whatever it is the, like where all the positions are where everyone is it's like do you really need that much yeah. well you know he only does that when he's when he's at home though he doesn't do that at the cottage i'm trying to find this tv guide uh link and i cannot find it it was definitely it was a tv guide product but i don't see it anymore Ooh, i wonder if they killed it that would be sad. Oh, no. Ah, well, that's for another day. I'll try and find it so later. La so, yeah. so last week, you were supposed to bring up, but we ran out of time, about Space Cadet Pinball. Oh, geez, yeah. Wait, like the old Windows game? Yeah. Yeah. The Windows Ooh. XP one. Um, yeah. No, I, it, it predated Windows XP. I think it was there on, like, Windows 95 even, for, wasn't it? First time yeah. I saw it was Windows XP. I had Windows uh, I 95. Are you sure it was Space It was the same game on Space Cadet uh, Pinball on 95? Because I had 95 and 98, and I don't remember a pinball game on either one. Durbin says I'm 95. pretty sure it was on 95. I know that 95 had Hover. We had uh, another pinball game. Games. We used to have a pinball game on 95 and 98 that had a bunch of different tables, and it had a bunch of other things. Uh, I remember it had a stage called the Android, and, you know, you could... It just, I can't remember the name of the damn thing. It wasn't Space Cadet, though. It was better than Space Cadet. It, and I never saw Space Cadet until we went to Windows XP. Yeah, 95 had the pinball yeah. game. Okay. Herblains is saying in the, and Serpent, they're both saying in the chat room that, yeah, Windows 95. Okay, sure. So this game was included in Windows XP, the 32-bit editions, and the, the, the thing was they got rid of it in... Um, the 64-bit editions when those started rolling out. And this was an article. Yeah, this was an article trying to investigate why they cut it. Um, Cole, you, you're into this more than me. Would you enjoy doing this story? I can yeah, run through it, but I'm would. just going to say the facts. You like this stuff well, a little more than run I do. Th run through it, because I think you're, a, you're more up-to-date about it than I am. I just, I know when it first came out in 95, because I remember seeing it there. Okay, so the, the bottom line is... It's, it's really, they had a an issue with the precision of the floating point when they went to 64 um, bits. 
the the way they would detect things like the ball position was with a floating point number. And so when they changed the precision of that for one reason or another, the collision broke. And so like the ball would fly through the flipper and things like that. That's the bottom line is after, but the, the story, the cool part of the story is all the investigation that this guy went through just to figure that out. Because what he had was the original game code, which he got off from Windows XP. And then he had some comments from Microsoft and some people who worked there at the time. He said, yeah, we couldn't get it to work. And so, but what he found was there was some, I think it was an early edition of a certain version of Windows XP 64 edition um, that he found the game files were on there and he found that he could actually run it. And so he goes into this whole sequence where he's getting discs for all the different weirdo versions of Windows XP that were floating around at the time. Some of them were made just for particular processors and some of them were made for just particular, uh, um, like one customer, what not one customer, it's like one, um, one chipset manufacturer. Pieces. Yeah, they're kind of specialized uh software and he's in the video you can see him go through the debugger the decompiler he's finding out what's really going on in the code and eventually uh by changing something around he actually gets space cadet pinball to work uh at least in a in a reasonable way on windows xp 64 it's like a, or one of the windows xp 64 uh editions so it's a it's a fun technical story uh let me pull it out of my notes from last time so there was encounter so 63 let me roll up 3d space get pinball there we go oh it was a story from dig of all places i'm gonna put My that in today is, is it gonna notes. be in, is it gonna be in windows 11 that's <laughs> all i care about um probably not i don't know maybe it'll be Aww. in the app store maybe they'll release it as an nft <laughs> that's that's the story i while you're looking that up i'm just gonna i'm just gonna point out a couple of things is that Space Cadet Pinball was actually a single board version of Full Tilt Pinball, which was developed by Cinematronics, the company that had, back like a decade before that released uh, Dragon's Lair, which was that uh, quick time event game with all the art and animation by Don Bluff and published by Maxis. And so Microsoft made a deal with... Uh, I believe with Maxis to provide for Windows 95 a uh, game that could come in box or with the plus pack. I'm trying to read through. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm listening to you, but I went and uh, I'm trying to find out why I never saw Space Cadet Pinball until Windows XP. It was originally packaged with Microsoft Plus exclamation point and later included in Windows NT. Microsoft Plus exclamation point is a discontinued commercial operating system. So it, it wasn't Windows 95. No, it wasn't an operating system. It was an add-on pack for Windows 95. Oh, in operating system enhancement that's also, product. That's, there you also go. How, that's also how you got Internet Explorer 1 because it came with Plus. Mm. Oh, geez. Okay, and Windows NT, where NT stands for new technology. <laughs> Uh, Windows. Yeah, okay. Or, it where, w, where WNT <laughs> is VMS with plus one to each letter. Well, look at who, look at who look at who designed it. Dave Cutler. Dave Cutler worked at Digital on VMS before he came to Microsoft and uh, became the architecture lead on Windows NT. Windows NT was terrible. It, it, it no, it wasn't. It was great. It just didn't have all the shiny bells and whistles of of the Windows 
those 9x versions because it was actually designed from the get-go to actually be like a stable and uh and like good for servers and workstations operating system instead of a personal single user operating system i'm gonna go with carp lanes in the chat here and say windows 2000 was great windows 2000 was the the first time i saw a new yep, version of windows 5. after 0. I, that was the first time i saw a new version of windows after 98 um i didn't see all the in-between stuff and i was a kid and we always had trouble on windows 95 and 98 um doing networking because we were kids and we wanted to play games like warcraft uh or or other games like warcraft 2 you know that kind of shit and what we always had trouble with was once we could get the network cable run between uh, between computers or we were over at a friend's house or something like that. It was always a pain in the ass if you want to play Age of Empires with teams. It was always a pain in the ass to get everything plugged in. And I remember when we, a friend of mine, they upgraded a bunch of the computers in their house, all the, you know, all the kids we were friends with, uh, got Windows 2000. And the, then we went in and started playing and it just worked for that first time. And it's, whoa, shit, something actually, it, it wasn't... Um, the nightmare of I'm going to try and host. No, it didn't work. You try and host. Okay, I can join, but he can't. You know, it's I, Windows 2000 was a good good time to. Uh, I, how old were we? It must have been like ten or something like that. Doing networking. I miss LAN parties. <laughs> Doing LAN parties as a kid, man. Yeah, I haven't been to a LAN party since um, since I lived in New Hampshire. I used to go down to. I had a friend, John. We I go down to his basement, uh, and he he had a little network set up. We were like lab partners in college and stuff. And, uh, and so we'd go down and we'd do video game development jams. So we'd play a couple of games and we'd get like game maker studio or whatever. And we'd spend the night, the first half of the night eating pizza and making games. And then at the end of the night, we'd swap the games and, uh, and, uh, play them. And it was always a, a hell of a lot of fun. Good old game jam time. It's great stuff. I think the last LAN party I went to was high school. <laughs> a bunch of us got together in our friend's basement, and we were playing, uh, what was it, the Command & Conquer game, but it was a first-person one? Command & Conquer Renegade! Oh. Yeah. I got a present for you! Ha! With <laughs> Havoc. Yeah, I know that game. Come on. I played the hell out of that game. I made mods for I that game, man. I thought it was man. great. <laughs> it's a piece of shit, man. It was, it was terrible, but I played it a lot. Used to play it online, too. Okay, so apparently, apparently I have my Cinematronics mixed up. The Cinematronics that did, uh, that did, uh, Dragon's Lair is not the same as the Cinematronics that made Full Tilt Pinball. Well, that's apparently, not confusing at all. Apparently they had the same names, but they were different companies. One was Cinematronics Incorporated out of, uh, California, and the other was... Cinematronics LLC out of Texas, later known as Maxis South. So which one did the uh, the effects for for Showbiz Pizza? Because that's all I could think of. Because Showbiz Pizza. I thought that's what you were talking about when you said Cinematronics. Is that the company that did the uh, like the no, Chuck E. Cheese no, band? Not... And... What the hell was that no, company? No, they're doing? not. They're not that. They're not Cinematronics as a company name, not as actual Cinematronics. The the robotics field yeah oh uh, well i'm looking at i'm looking at this dragon's lair wiki and apparently it is on nintendo switch really i'm gonna have to look this up these days dragon's lair is on everything just I've so played and this feels like something just, I should just, fix. just keep in mind keep in mind that it is an entirely 
It's an entirely quick time event game. Doesn't everyone love quick time events? Yeah, people love that shit. They eat it up. <laughs> that was like half Give of God of War. Break. Yeah, it was half of God of War. I couldn't stand that game. I, that was another one. I was playing God of War a little while ago, going through some old PlayStation 2 titles. And I put in God of War and I played a couple of levels in it and I was just done with it. It wasn't, I wasn't having fun at all. Have you ever played Bastion? No. By Supergiant Games? No, no. What's Bastion? Oh, you should give that a try. It's great. Bastion by Supergiant. I can't tell if they're like a music company or a game company because the music they use in their their games is amazing. It's a a platformer. So not only is Dragon Slayer on the Nintendo Switch, but but in the same year it was released for the Switch, 2019, it was also released for the Xbox One and the TI-99 slash... For a yeah, ninety nine. Wait, wait, yes. wait. Isn't a home, that, uh, Texas okay, Instruments isn't that a calculator? Home computer from nineteen seventy nine. Jeez, I've never heard of that one. Ti ninety nine. I see it. Yeah, there you go. It looks like you plug it into it, your it TV. It operated on a custom uh, on a custom Texas Instruments uh, microprocessor. It's on sale for fifty percent off right now for the Switch. <sighs> guess guess what the st- the list price is for this. Um, $9.99. I was half right. I got the $99. I, I got more digits. Seems excessive. <laughs> <laughs> for 13 bucks, though, I might kick in for that. Yeah? 13 bucks for for a game that is nothing but animation and quick time events. For the trilogy. Whatever. I, I've, I've spent more for less. <laughs> I, I totally used to go in for Humble Bundles just for one thing. Which is yeah, I I know I did too. Oh Man, oh, I I understand. I bought a humble bundle. I understand. <laughs> Man, you know what needed quick time events? The Chuck E. Cheese band. They what? I mean, yes. You needed to have some game that you could put up that you know the kids could play. You know, you push the button and he, uh, you know, the I don't know what the hell you do. What would a quick time event at Chuck E. Cheese be? Dancing. Push. You press the button. <laughs> press the button the, to dance. And the, ro- and the robot. Uh, and the robots. Stop trying to strangle you to death. Yes. Well, you know, here's what would happen if they brought that back. They bring it back, and there'd be an app. That's Probably. what they would do, and then it but would I be don't really think, dumb. I don't for think that. they could ever bring it back because I think Five Nights at Freddy's has like completely ruined anyone's taste for for that sort of cinematronics anymore. No, no, it made it yeah, more popular. No. Exactly. You go full tilt, make them look evil and murderous, and the kids will love it. Yeah, five five make, nights make at the, make the restaurant look like it's been abandoned for a decade. Oh, you don't have to exactly. do that. It's already like that. Go to Chuck E. <laughs> yeah, Cheese. There's a, there's a Chuck E. Cheese on Highway Two. I don't think anyone's been there for like twenty years. Uh, yeah, you know we could have. Uh, it's almost like Fallout. Can we go back to Fallout? <laughs> Fallout Chuck E. Love Cheese. Fallout. <laughs> the Chucksters Fallout, at it again. Fallout with the Chuck E. Cheese characters. There Ru- we go. The rocket there's fire. The, there's the crossover of the century. <laughs> Oh, man. Do we got anything else before we uh, play ourselves out here? Is it Chuck E. Cheese? Is that the end of it? I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Fall out of Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. All right. Well, until the apocalypse and the Chuckster comes for all of us, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. This is Icehawk. Adios, folks. Adios. I had a gun woman. Would she lay down?
Sakar woman, when she lay down in that, looking away my boy to me, she wasn't sad. 